Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Wednesday, June 28th. Torah was meant to be lived out in community and in the context of relationships. A very effective way to study the Bible is in a small group doing a midrash or discussion. This helps you to go deeper into the Word as you take time to reflect on it, make connections from one scripture to another, and apply the scriptures to your personal walk. We've added a new feature on the Daily Audio Torah website. If you are involved in a small group Bible study or would like to start one, we can help you. We have added discussion questions for you to use when your group gathers. We will post discussion questions for every Shabbat reading and they will be posted on the website a week in advance so you have time to read and prepare ahead of time. We have also posted guidelines for leaders and facilitators to help you grow your small group in a healthy way. Just go to the new pick on the menu, Discussion Questions and you will find everything you need there to nurture and grow your small group. We also offer coaching support if you need help or have questions. See the guidelines for leaders PDF for details. Have fun learning and growing in God's Word together in your small group. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Hukat, and it means ordinance of, and also Balak. Numbers 22, 1-24 The Israelites then marched on and encamped in the steppes of Moab across the Jordan from Jericho. Balak, son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. Moab was alarmed because the people were so numerous. Moab dreaded the Israelites, and Moab said to the elders of Midian, Now this horde will lick clean all that is about us, as an ox licks up the grass of the field. Balak, son of Zippor, who was king of Moab at that time, sent messengers to Balaam, son of Beor and Pethor, which is by the Euphrates, 
in the land of his kinsfolk to invite him, saying, There is a people that came out of Egypt. It hides the earth from view, and it is settled next to me. Come then, put a curse upon this people for me, since they are too numerous for me. Perhaps I can thus defeat them and drive them out of the land. For I know that he whom you bless is blessed indeed, and he whom you curse is cursed. The elders of Moab and the elders of Midian, versed in divination, set out. They came to Balaam and gave him Balak's message. He said to them, Spend the night here, and I shall reply to you as Hashem may instruct me. So the Moabite dignitary stayed with Balaam. Hashem came to Balaam and said, What do these people want of you? Balaam said to Hashem, Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, sent me this message. Here is a people that came out from Egypt and hides the earth from view. Come now and curse them for me. Perhaps I can engage them in battle and drive them off. But Hashem said to Balaam, Do not go with them. You must not curse that people, for they are blessed. Balaam arose in the morning and said to Balak's dignitaries, Go back to your own country, for Hashem will not let me go with you. The Moabite dignitaries left, and they came to Balak and said, Balaam refused to come with us. Then Balak sent other dignitaries more numerous and distinguished than the first. They came to Balak. They came to Balaam, and they said to him, Thus says Balak, son of Zippor, Please do not refuse to come to me. I will reward you richly, and I will do anything you ask of me. Only come and curse this people for me. Balaam replied to Balak's officials, Though Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I could not do anything big or little contrary to the command of Hashem my God. So you too stay here overnight, and let me find out what else Hashem may say to me. That night Hashem came to Balaam and said to him, If these men have come to invite you, you may go with them, but whatever I command you, that you shall do. When he arose in the morning, Balaam saddled his donkey and departed with the Moabite dignitaries. But Hashem was incensed at his going. So an angel of Hashem placed himself in his way as an adversary. He was riding on his donkey with his two servants alongside when the donkey caught sight of the angel of Hashem standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand. The donkey swerved from the road and went into the fields, and Balaam beat the donkey to turn her back onto the road. The angel of Hashem then stationed himself in a lane lane between the vineyards with a fence on either side. Second Kings thirteen one to fourteen twenty nine. In the twenty-third year of King Joash, son of Akazyahu of Yehuda, Jehoahaz, son of Jehu, became king over Israel in Shomron, Samaria, for seventeen years. He did what was displeasing to Hashem. He persisted in the sins which Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had caused Israel to commit. He did not depart from them. 
Hashem was angry with Israel, and he repeatedly delivered them into the hands of King Haziel of Aram and into the hands of Ben-Hadad, son of Haziel. But Jehoahaz pleaded with Hashem, and Hashem listened to him, for he saw the suffering that the king of Aram inflicted upon Israel. So Hashem granted Israel a deliverer, and they gained their freedom from Aram, and Israel dwelt in its homes as before. However, they did not depart from the sins which the house of Jeroboam had caused Israel to commit. They persisted in them. Even the sacred post stood in Shomron. In fact, Jehoahaz was left with a force of only fifty horsemen, ten chariots, and ten thousand foot soldiers, for the king of Aram had decimated them and trampled them like the dust under his feet. The other events of Jehoahaz's reign and all his actions and his exploits are recorded in the annals of the kings of Israel. Jehoahaz slept with his fathers, and he was buried in Shomron. His son Joash succeeded him as king. In the thirty-seventh year of King Joash of Yehuda, Jehoash, son of Jehoiakaz, became king of Israel in Shomron for sixteen years. He did what was displeasing to Hashem. He did not depart from any of the sins which Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had caused Israel to commit. He persisted in them. The other events of Joash's reign and all his actions and his exploits and his war with King Amatia of Yehuda are recorded in the annals of the kings of Israel. Joash slept with his fathers and Jeroboam occupied his throne. Joash was buried in Shomron with the kings of Israel. Elisha had been stricken with the illness of which he was to die, and King Joash of Israel went down to see him. He wept over him and cried, Father, Father, Israel's chariots and horsemen. Elisha said to him, Get a bow and arrows, and he brought him a bow and arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, Grasp the bow. And when he had grasped it, Elisha put his hands over the king's hands. Open the window toward the east, he said, and he opened it. Elisha said, Shoot, and he shot. Then he said, An arrow of victory for Hashem, an arrow of victory over Aram. You shall rout Aram completely at Aphek. He said, Now pick up the arrows. And he picked them up. Strike the ground, he said to the king of Israel, and he struck three times and stopped. The man of Hashem was angry with him and said to him, If only you had struck five or six times, then you would have annihilated Aram. As it is, you shall defeat Aram only three times. Elisha died, and he was buried. Now bands of Moabites used to invade the land at the coming of every year. Once a man was being buried, when the people caught sight of such a band, so they threw the corpse into Elisha's grave and made off. When the dead man came in contact with Elisha's bones, he came to life and stood up. King Hazael of Aram had oppressed the Israelites throughout the reign of Jehoahaz, but Hashem was gracious and merciful to them, and he turned back to them for the sake of his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He refrained from destroying them, and he still did not cast them out from his presence.
When King Haziel of Aram died, his son Ben-Hadad succeeded him as king. And then Jehoash, son of Jehoachaz, recovered from Ben-Hadad, son of Haziel, the towns which had been taken from his father Jehoachaz in war. Three times Joash defeated him, and he recovered the towns of Israel. In the second year of King Joash, son of Jehoaz of Israel, Amatia, son of King Joash of Yehudah, became king. He was twenty-five years old when he became king, and he reigned twenty-nine years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jehoaddon of Jerusalem. He did what was pleasing to Hashem, but not like his ancestor David. He did just as his father Joash had done. However, the shrines were not removed. The people continued to sacrifice and make offerings at the shrines. Once he had the kingdom firmly in his grasp, he put to death the courtiers who had assassinated his father, the king. But he did not put to death the children of the assassins, in accordance with what is written in the book of the teaching of Moses, where Hashem commanded, Parents shall not be put to death for children, nor children be put to death for parents. A person shall be put to death only for his own crime. He defeated 10,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt, and he captured Selah in battle and renamed it Jokthiel, as is still the case. Then Amatia sent envoys to King Jehoash, son of Jehoiakaz, son of Jehu of Israel, with this message, Come, let us confront each other. King Jehoash of Israel sent back this message to King Amatia of Yehuda. The thistle in Lebanon sent this message to the cedar in Lebanon. Give your daughter to my son in marriage. But a wild beast in Lebanon went by and trampled down the thistle. Because you have defeated Edom, you have become arrogant. Stay home and enjoy your glory, rather than provoke disaster and fall, dragging Yehuda down with you. But Amatia paid no heed. So King Jehoash of Israel advanced, and he and King Amatia of Yehuda confronted each other at Bet Shemesh in Yehuda. The Judites were routed by Israel, and they all fled to their homes. King Jehoash of Israel captured King Amatia, son of Jehoash, son of Akaziahu of Yehuda at Beit Shemesh. He marched on Jerusalem, and he made a breach of four hundred amot in the wall of Jerusalem, from the Ephraim gate to the corner gate. He carried off all the gold and silver and all the vessels that were in the house of Hashem, and in the treasuries of the royal palace, as well as hostages, and he returned to Shomron. The other events of Jehoash's reign and all his actions and exploits and his war with King Amatia of Yehuda are recorded in the annals of the kings of Israel. Jehoash slept with his fathers and was buried in Shomron with the kings of Israel. His son Jehoram succeeded him as king. King Amatia, son of Joash of Yehuda, lived fifteen years after the death of King Jehoash, son of Jehoahaz of Israel. 
The other events of Amatia's reign are recorded in the annals of the kings of Yehuda. A conspiracy was formed against him in Jerusalem, and he fled to Lachish. But they sent men after him to Lachish, and they killed him there. They brought back his body on horses, and he was buried with his fathers in Jerusalem, in the city of David. Then all the people of Yehuda took Azariah, who was sixteen years old, and proclaimed him king to succeed his father Amatia. It was he who rebuilt Elat and restored it to Yehuda, after King Amatia slept with his fathers. In the fifteenth year of King Amatia, son of Joash of Yehuda, King Jehoram, son of Joash of Israel, became king in Shomron for forty-one years. He did what was displeasing to Hashem. He did not depart from all the sins that Jehoram, son of Nebat, had caused Israel to commit. It was he who restored the territory of Israel from Lebo Hamath to the Sea of the Arabah, in accordance with the promise that Hashem, the God of Israel, had made through his servant, the Navi Yonah, son of Amittai from Gath Hefer. For Hashem saw the very bitter plight of Israel, with neither bond nor free left, and with none to help Israel. And Hashem resolved not to blot out the name of Israel from under heaven. And he delivered them through Jehoram, son of Joash. The other events of Jeroboam's reign and all his actions and exploits and how he fought and recovered Damascus and Hamath for Yehuda in Israel are recorded in the annals of the kings of Israel. Jeroboam slept with his fathers, the kings of Israel, and his son Zechariah succeeded him as king. Acts 18.23-19.12 And after he, Paul, had spent some time there, he departed and went over all the country of Galatia and Phrygia in order, strengthening all the disciples. And a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in the Spirit, he spoke and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom, when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him to them and expounded to him the way of God more perfectly. And when he was disposed to pass into Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, who, when he was come, helped them much which had believed through grace. For he mightily convinced the Jews, and that publicly showing by the scriptures that Yeshua was Christ. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coasts, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said to them, Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. 
And he said to them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. And then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Yeshua. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Yeshua. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about twelve. And he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. But when divers were hardened and believed not, but spoke evil of that way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus. And this continued by the space of two years, so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Yeshua, both Jews and Greeks. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Psalm 146, 1-10 Praise ye the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, will I praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have my being. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. His breath goes forth, he returns to his earth. In that very day his thoughts perish. Happy is he that has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God, which made heaven and earth the sea, and all that therein is, which keeps truth forever, which executes judgment for the oppressed, which gives food to the hungry. The Lord looses the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises them that are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord preserves the strangers. He relieves the fatherless and widow. But the way of the wicked he turns upside down. The Lord shall reign forever, even your God, O Zion, unto all generations. Praise ye the Lord. Proverbs 18, 2-3 A fool has no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. When the wicked comes, then comes also contempt, and with ignominy reproach. I'd like to speak to you today from Numbers 22, 1-24, and we are now getting into the Torah portion that is called Balak. And we see that Balak is the king of Moab, and he is very concerned about the children of Israel. And in verse 11 of chapter 22, it says, Here is a people that came out from Egypt and hides the earth from view. Come now and curse them for me, Perhaps I can engage them in battle and drive them off. So the Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. As a result of the defeat of the Amorites led by Sihon and Og, king of Bashan, the people of Moab became afraid of the people of Israel. 
In an effort to stop the Israelites, their king, Balak, sends for the prophet Balaam to curse them. Hashem, however, has a different idea and puts a blessing into Balaam's mouth instead of the intended curses. This verse highlights Balaam's typically prejudicial attitude in his description of the Israelites as a nation that covers the entire earth. Even today, the Jewish people comprise less than 0.2% of the world population. Yet they are often thought of as a nuisance that threatens the world. This story, however, also underscores the fact that anti-Semitism will not prevail. Hashem tells Balaam that the Jewish people are blessed and that those who try to curse them will not succeed. Just as Hashem had promised Abraham long before, I will bless those who bless you and curse him that curses you, in Genesis 12.3. The Jewish nation is indeed blessed and has made enormous contributions to the world, as evidenced by the fact that despite their small number, between 1901 and 2015, over 20% of all Nobel laureates have either been Jewish or of Jewish descent. So, the king, King Balaam, sends a messenger to Balak and asks him to come and speak a curse over the nation of Israel. And so Balaam goes to the Lord in prayer and asks and inquires of him in verse 12 and says, Lord, what should I do here? And in verse 12, God says to Hashem, or Hashem says to Balaam, Do not go with them. You must not curse that people, for they are blessed. So Balaam arises in the morning and he tells the messengers, Go back to your own country. Hashem will not let me go. So that was the answer from the Lord. Yet they're persistent and they send some more dignitaries, some more courtiers, uh, back to Balaam or back to Balak and ask once again. And this time they say, we'll sweeten the pot. We'll pay you. We'll pay you lots of money. And so this is where Balak departs from the highest and the best will of God and goes down the permissive will of God. So his own uh, desire, lust, greed for money overcomes his um, intentions to follow what the Lord says. And he he asks again um, the second time. He comes to the Lord and, and inquires of the Lord. And the Lord tells him, if these men have come to invite you, you may go with them, but whatever I command you, that you shall do. But the Lord was very angry at his going. And so an angel of Hashem placed himself in the way as an adversary, and he was riding on his donkey, and there was an angel there. And so the donkey begins to press up against the rock wall. And of course, Balak doesn't see this angel. So the Lord begins to orchestrate through circumstances to be a blockage in his way. He does not want him to be going down and doing this request from the king of Moab. He does not want him to speak a curse over Israel, over the children of Israel. And so we begin to see that there's 
there's some demonic warfare going on. And Balak is not 100% yielded to the Spirit of God. He's following his own thoughts, his own desires, his own lust. And now there's some demonic activity. So now God sends this angel to block his pathway. And we will pick up this story tomorrow. But the takeaway for us is this. We need to recognize and realize that we are not just physical beings in this natural world, but there's a spiritual world and there's a spiritual war going on all the time. And there are demonic beings and angelic beings. We have our relationship with the Lord, but the demons are also operating. And they do everything they can to sabotage us, undermine us, and mess us up and get us off of God's path. So we need to be mindful and aware of the spiritual warfare that goes on. And we need discernment, discernment to tell, to decide whether or not this spirit that I'm dealing with, is it an evil spirit or a good spirit? We need to close the doors to anything demonic. If you think of your soul like a house, there's a front door and a back door and there's windows and there's all kinds of openings to get inside the house besides just the front door. We need to close all the doors to the demonic realm and clean the house on the inside and get rid of any unclean spirits and make sure that they've been cast out, that they've been evicted, and that we ask that the Holy Spirit fills up every part of the house. There's warfare that goes on, and we want to have victory in this warfare. We will pick up with the story of Balak and Balaam tomorrow. Have a blessed day. Adonai Adonai the Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.